It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the TF1 show. And I'll be very honest, this is probably the most excited I've sounded in the last five hours because, I mean, in Yasha, you, woke, you just woke up from a nap yeah, to give you guys... <laughs> <laughs> to give you guys some context on, on how we experienced the race. But, I mean, we're still here. We're here to provide some entertainment, hopefully, on a on a Sunday evening or late afternoon after what was probably a bit more of a dreary race, given what we've had so far um, over the, the season. Yasha, what do you think? Well, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't great, was it? Um, but I think we've got... We've definitely got some emerging themes for the season um, that that seem to be coming out of, of this race. I feel like uh, we're starting to see some patterns develop and and some things really come to light. So, not interesting on track, but I guess off track and discussion wise, you know, there's still plenty to discuss. Lots of intrigue. I agree. And before we jump into the race recap, let's maybe get admin out of the way. So, everybody, firstly, welcome Nyasha from Quickstop F1. Um, go and please, if you're watching this, subscribe to his channel. Him and Tandi, he's his partner in crime there. They have the best chats and they're always bringing the tea, bringing the hard GR63 facts. And that's what we want, right? So please go and, and sub to them. And if you like this chat, of course, I would appreciate it. A nice little like and a nice little subscribe as well on my channel. So yeah, let's, let's jump into it, Nyasha. And sure. I mean... So far, the topic every year has been after after the races is Mercedes versus Red Bull, Hamilton versus Verstappen. What's going on with with the competition? You know, with the battle between those two. And for the first time, we feel we got a bit of an inkling in France. But this, I feel, in in Syria, reinforced the notion that Red Bull does seem to have a couple of tents in hand now over Mercedes. Yeah, no, it, it is a a clear pace advantage that Red Bull have got over Mercedes. And, uh, you know, as uh, as loath as I am to praise Red Bull and to praise uh, Max Verstappen, it, it's clearly a step ahead of, of Mercedes now. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think I've seen... Uh, the Mercedes be um, be dominated like like it was today, you know, for, for for a while. You know, the way that Lewis had no answer whether it was, you know, you know, their tire degradation was worse. You know, their pace when he tried to close in by a few tenths, Max would just pull out a few tenths even more. It uh, yeah, it was um, really conclusive today um, from Red Bull for sure. And worrying, I guess, in the sense, or well, worrying if you're if you're Lewis Hamilton and in your championship hopes. But I mean, Mercedes don't sound like they really have much to do about it. Like they aren't planning any upgrades. They are basically saying, well, Red Bull, they brought a couple of things, seems to have worked. The car's a bit quicker now. It is what it is. Yeah, no, Toto's, I mean, I feel like since the moment Toto said in, I think it was Monaco, like we're not upgrading this car. Um, I feel like slowly but surely the Mercedes pace has, you know, compared to Red Bull, gone down and down and down. And, um, you know, every week Toto is having to come out now and say, look, guys, you know, we're, we're not doing anything else to this car. And, uh, you know, which is OK, I guess, if you're thinking about 2022. But for this year, yeah, like I say, you know, it is what it is. What, you, what you're given is what you get. And, um, yeah. For Mercedes, we've uh, been given a pint of gruel, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. So I have like I have two things to say. So the first thing is, 
do you think you know lewis came out in in the press after the race and was like no we need something we need like an upgrade or something do you yeah. think the heavens holding it <laughs> who, who in mercedes do you think is going to get the job it's all Lewis and be like listen lewis yeah. You know we love you, and yeah. you can see you try. You're doing your yeah, best, yeah. but buddy, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think no they're gonna. Have, I think uh, I think they're probably gonna give it to Bottas and be like, "Look, if you want another contract, <laughs> uh, you've got to tell Lewis that we're not yes. upgrading this car." Um, and I mean, uh, but the thing is, that's the thing. You know, with Lewis, he's always gonna be demanding more, demanding more. Um. But, you know, Toto uh, is adamant. He's absolutely adamant. They're not going to do any more upgrades on this car. And, um, yeah, I guess we'll see how, how and, that goes. And let me know what you think. But I actually agree with Toto's approach. I am fully of the opinion that, you know what, this is just... I think we actually spoke about it briefly on Twitter. But mm. um, Yeah, we did. Where they're, like, did. where they're like, you know what... This is such a weird year. This year wasn't even ever supposed to happen. We, this, these regulations weren't supposed to exist. They took the chunks out of the floor. It hurt Mercedes. It didn't hurt Red Bull. They have tokens and cost caps and all sorts of restrictions on what they are or are not allowed to upgrade. They have to focus on next year where there's yeah. three or four years. If you, if, you, if you mess it up, that's three or four years of catching up. Where yeah. This year, it's like, you know what? It's such a strange thing. Red Bull, they're in the ascendancy. Let's fight as hard as we can, but let's channel our resources towards the next regs. I think that's the right and pragmatic decision. I don't know if, if you have a different view. I was, and so I, before, there's a fly just going around in my office. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so, um, so I think before we had the conversation, uh, I was definitely of the mind that uh, Mercedes were essentially throwing away this title and they were wasting Lewis how you know I you know from in my mind selfishly as a Hamilton fan as a you know I'm more of a Hamilton fan than a Mercedes fan like I I've got no real emotional uh emotional ties towards Mercedes like all of my emotions are with Lewis so you know for me it feels like they're wasting what what precious little time we have left uh with Lewis Hamilton but you know when you explained it like that and, you know, the way Toto is explaining it is that, look, if it's short-term pain for, for long-term gain, then, you know, that's, you know, then we're going to have to do it. And, you know, I think I think I'm willing to accept it, but it's going to be a tough season uh, because I think Red Bull are going to continue to bring upgrades, continue to bring developments. And uh, maybe that gap, you know, it's two tenths now, you know, it could get bigger. Yeah, it is. I think it's going to be a season of pain. I think... Yeah. From where I'm sitting, I think Mercedes and Hamilton are either they're going to have to find something in the setup of their car to yeah. where they may be saying they're not exploit, exploiting into its maximum potential, yeah. or they're going to have to hope that Red Bull run into reliability problems, maybe with the engine later on in the season. I think those are going to be their main hopes. Yeah, I mean, and you don't have much uh, much hope of either, to be honest. You know, I, I don't. I, I don't look at Mercedes and look at a team that are able to extract the best out of their car, uh, that are able to set the car up. You know, I think even this week, ironically, was probably the most consistent they've been from FP1 through to qualifying. And yeah. they were still miles off the pace. So, you know, no matter how, what, you know, what they can do in terms of setup, I don't, I think they are at the limit of the car. Um, and then you look at Red Bull in terms of reliability. I mean, it, they, I don't think there's really been any issues so far this season, so um, I wouldn't hold my breath on that. So, Red Bull are doing look, I don't want to say it, but they are doing a great job on that car. Um, and Mercedes are playing catch up, and it's interesting to see can they do it, Tyler? Do you reckon they'll be able to do it? Mercedes, I think. Usually I would have said yes, but yeah, and and you saw what they were able to do with Ferrari in, in between 17 and 18. Yeah. I would back them to actually, you know, if, if one was in a proper development race, I think yeah. they can do it. But now they have the cost cap and they have to prioritize resources between this year and next year. And they're already limited with the scope that they can actually upgrade. They can only upgrade aero. They can't actually upgrade mechanically. Yeah. I just don't think it makes sense for them to do it. But yeah. 
No, it does. It doesn't. It, it, it makes it, it makes zero sense. And you know, essentially, it, it's pride essentially that they're going to have to swallow this season. Yeah. You know. Um, but look, we could be. We're sitting here and we're making definitive judgments off of what is this, eight races now. Um, yeah. You know, who knows? You know, maybe you know. There's a lot of smart people in that Mercedes team. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of money in that Mercedes team where they you know they can find solutions. You know, it's not beyond all realms of possibility, but uh, it doesn't look likely. No, agree one hundred percent. And I guess before we move on to the next topic, let's just t- touch on our favorite. Uh, you know, support acts, <laughs> Mercedes and Red Bull in, in Valtteri Bottas and Sergio Perez. Sure. Now, I would cla- classify this actually as one of Valtteri's best performances so far this weekend, considering yeah. that we've now established Red Bull probably has a slightly quicker car and he qualified, um, you know, he had the, the three-place grip penalty because of what happened in FP2 and he still finished on the podium ahead, uh, ahead of Perez. So that's not a, a bad outcome for Valtteri. No, I think Valtteri. I think Valtteri did well. I think, like you say, looking at the pace, you know, I think him holding on to the back of Perez, so that you know, when there was a mistake made by Red Bull, Valtteri was able to to pounce on that, and you know, he was able to kind of uh, to under under overcut uh, Perez, you know, because of the mistake that Perez made, um, and then obviously, you know, with his tyres and the conditions that they were. Um, for him to kind of keep up the enough pace to to stay ahead of Perez by the end, um, yeah, look, that was a, an unqualified Lewis. So you know, it was a solid weekend from Valtteri. And you know what? We get Valtteri on our podcast. Like I, I hold my hands up. We get into my guy every week. Um, but I think it's because of what he sets as standards for himself. He doesn't. Barely no. reaches that, and so, but you know, in terms of, like we say, as a support driver, support act, getting those points for the team, you know, he did well this week, and 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 I hope that he can take that into, you know, the rest of the season and just perform at a consistent level and not have those races like Imola, like uh, Baku, where he's just, you know, miles off the pace, you know, uh, in a Mercedes, which is just unacceptable. Yeah, and I have to say that, unfortunately, this race did highlight sort of Valtteri and Perez's support act status because they were a chunk behind Max and Lewis. I think a pit stop almost. Yeah. Um, and it's not like they were being – they were being maybe being held up by Norris slightly for a couple of laps. But after yeah. that, running in clean air, they weren't – they were still losing out, which to me – Look, with Valtteri, it is what it is. We know what we're getting, right? But with Perez, I was slightly underwhelmed by him this week, um, yeah. I'll be honest. Firstly, in qualifying, he he qualified. He didn't get ahead of Lando, um, which isn't great. And actually, yesterday, I, I chatted to, to Alex. Um, probably you guys know him. Alex talks F1. Oh, yeah, the stat guy. The stat guy. And he yeah. highlighted that the gap... With between Max and Perez so far this year is around half a second mm. still in qualifying, which is yeah. the same as what we had with Albon and with Gasly. And I'll admit Perez is so far looking better in the races, but with what we're seeing this weekend, he's going to have to be closer if he wants to at least put pressure on Hamilton. Yeah, and and uh, and I think it's a tough one, isn't it? When we look back to you know, the Albon and Gasly, you know, times and. It is, it is, it is, for me, I, I agree with you. I I think Sergio, I think for both Sergio and Bottas, you like saying, we know we're going with Bottas, but I think for both of them to be so far behind their teammates, you know, obviously these two are at the top of their game, you know, best two drivers on the grid by a long way, but, you know, they shouldn't be extracting that much more out of, out of, out of their cars. And, and with Sergio, he needs to get his qualifying um, pace back up and I think if if Red Bull let's say if McLaren or well you know there was McLaren ahead of him but you know let's say if uh, Ferrari or Asamayan or, or you know any of these other teams Alpine uh, were closer to Red Bull in the same way that they were last year then Sergio could be could have been finding himself 
in sixth, seventh, eighth, like the way that album was, because they Red Bull were much closer to the pack. They're obviously clear now, and you know, it's it's allowing him to have those type of performances without anyone really saying anything and he's won a race this season so yeah he's kind of got that goodwill in the bank but you're right you know um i'm not on like the checo Perez. i think checo Perez is a decent driver i love checo Perez, but i don't think he's an elite driver um and i think he will do well as a second driver at red bull and you know pick up the results like he did in baku you know when he can but um definitely could be closer in qualifying for sure yeah no i think that's uh, an area of improvement for Perez that we've highlighted. So check it if you are watching or listening. <laughs> um, just take that to heart, maybe. You can chat to your engineers about it. Yeah. You can say it's coming from, from Tinas and Yasha. I mean, yeah. and all of our and, wisdom. And we know what we're talking about. So, you know, I, mean, I think, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what more can we say? <laughs> all right. Let's move on to um, the most exciting midfield battle uh, with regards to constructors, which is McLaren and Ferrari, the battle of the, the previous giants. Yes. And again, I feel this weekend was just very interesting. As soon yeah. as you get an idea of sort of the, the relative balance of power and who's doing well and who's not, it throws a bit of a curveball with, I mean, Lando Norris just top of the class across the board in, in the qualifying and in the race really don't have anything to fault him by, to be quite honest. No, he is uh, driving on a level um, which we've not seen before with Lando. Um, he's really taken a step up this season. I think he is clearly, I think, the third best driver on the grid at the moment um, behind, the, behind the big two, uh, which is a big thing. Because I don't, if you asked anyone, people might have said, yeah, I, I would have thought this. But if you'd asked anyone at the start of this season, before before testing, do you think that Lando Norris will beat Ricardo? Do you think that he will be, you know, scoring points in every single race, improving on his starting position every single race? Yeah, not this race, but, you know, uh, having a podium already, you know, before, you know, in Monaco, like, no one would have expected that. He is driving it, like, at an incredible level. And I'm really happy for him because um, he's, he's proving, you know, a lot of, when you're, like, a bit different, when you're a bit quirky, people want to pigeonhole you as just that this guy, guy. Yeah. yeah you're just the funny guy you're just the guy who we can go to for for media stuff but he is an you know a really talented formula one driver and he's um proving that this season and uh yeah he's he's a class above um the rest of the midfield battle um that he's having i guess yeah with his teammate and ferrari and i think what it also shows and we'll chat about ferrari just now is how good carlos was or is because, yes. I mean, if you look at, I mean, with, with qualifying between the two of them last, it was like nip and tuck between Carlos and Lando. Yeah. And in the races, Carlos, like, proper ran away from Lando, especially in the second half of the season. Yeah. And I think, I mean, Leclerc is also, I think, now starting to get a taste of how good science potentially is, which yeah. leads me into, I guess, our driver of the day, Charles Leclerc. <laughs> Yeah. Um, now he had a, a tumultuous race. He obviously he, he started in P seven, yeah. and was just negligent on on and in between turns one and three, where he basically cut across, gave Gasly a puncture, broke his front wing, got relegated to the back, ended Gasly's race, drove a very good race to get um back up to where did he finish? P seven, I think. P seven. Yeah. Day. But do you think, Nyasha, firstly, a couple of questions that I want to ask you. Sure. Do you think it was fair for him to not even be investigated for what happened with Gasly? And secondly, should he have gotten driver of the day? Well, two very good questions, Tynus. That's, uh, that's why they pay you the big bucks. So <laughs> um, do I think... Uh, I think it was weird that he wasn't investigated, but I feel like on the first lap, they're very much like, you know, we're it's a bit not, of a scramble. Yeah, yeah. you know, we're going to accept to the first lap, things are going to happen. Space is going to be at a, at a, you know, premium. But it was so clumsy from Leclerc. 
And I've been saying this for a while. He has this in him. He is clumsy. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm dyspraxic. And let me tell you now, I'm bumping into stuff. I'm knocking <laughs> stuff over all the time. You know, um, he kind of reminds me of that where he'll just be fine. He'll be like, there's no reason for you to have done what you've done. Monaco, Baku, Today, you know, there's just instances where his spatial awareness just goes goes awry. Um, so I, I think if it was on any other lap, I think he would have. I, I would have been really shocked that he wasn't investigated. But I can, if I'm gonna give the FAA any kind of leeway, I guess that's why. But I, yeah, you're for me. I, I think he, I think it was clumsy as as f, and he. Uh, should do better. Um, do I think she's got to drive it a day? No. <laughs> Thank you. No. Not in the slightest. I can't, I couldn't believe it when it came up. I was so vexed. You don't understand. I'm really not this, I don't really care about driver of the day because it yeah. is just a popularity contest, right? But I was like, how do you, as an individual with eyes, with the gift of sight, how do you look at this race? And you're like, you know, the driver that's put together the best 71 lap race. Yeah, yeah. Is somebody <laughs> that ruined his best friend's race on the first lap. Yeah. Almost gave Kimi Raikkonen a puncture or gave himself yeah. a puncture with Kimi Raikkonen's I front wing. the Kimi bit, yeah. Yes. He yeah. had a couple of good overtakes on better tires. But then, compare and contrast for me, Nyasha, his <laughs> yeah. teammate, Carlos Sainz, starting yeah. in P12, putting in a brilliant opening stint on the medium yeah. tires, lapping as fast as the leaders on their new hards on his yeah. 31 ever lap old mediums, yeah. overcutting half of the midfield. And if it wasn't for getting stuck behind a slow Lewis Hamilton, if there is such a thing, in, in <laughs> like the last third of the lap, he probably yeah. would have caught up to Lando Norris. Yeah. How's that not your driver of the day? If people <laughs> need to explain this to me. Yeah. And like, look, I. Um... If any, if it, if if there was ever proof that driver of the day is a, a popularity contest, then I think today was the day. Um, I, I mean, Carlos Sainz is performing in that Ferrari above again. You know, I think the same with Lando. We kind of underestimated Carlos Sainz. You know, we all thought, okay, he'll go to Ferrari, and you know. He'll be there. Leclerc will outshine him every week, this and the other. But he is proving that he is a super talented driver. Um, you know, Martin Brundle always says, you know, he's always rated him. You know, him and Verstappen at um, uh, Toro Rosso were nip and tuck. And, you know, it, it was, I, I would be, under, I would, if I was science and I was as good as Verstappen and then the team essentially just didn't give a toss about me, then I would feel the same and I'd leave the Red Bull program. So, yeah, no, Carlos Sainz, I think, had an incredible race today. I think he, um, I think he deserved driver of the day. I mean, I mean, Verstappen deserved it more than Leclerc. Like, you know, I, I can't... Stroll deserved Stroll it more than Leclerc. Stroll deserved it more than Leclerc. Um, you know, there was even... Norris, you know, uh, Norris. I, I feel like Alonso was a unlucky in you know in, in in his positioning, but I just I think he's getting more out of that Alpine than than it you know than the some parts of the package. So yeah, you know, for me, signs for my driver of the day was signs for for sure. Uh, I agree with you there. I, I just yeah, uh, incredible choice. But I don't know who's voting. Well, I know who's voting, but yeah. Wherever they it's are, all the little boys and girls in Italy and Monaco. Yeah, yeah. Look, big up you guys, but uh, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Listen to him. Um, anyways, all right. So before we move on, let's just, you know, probably you should give three seconds of silence to Daniel Ricciardo, who is honestly on, he's in a massive struggle and it's just becoming more and more apparent. Unfortunately, if you compare his performance in the McLaren to Carlos's performance in the Ferrari, which is, I think, the issue, because they're fighting so closely for the championship. And Ricardo, there are still some fundamentally some massive issues there for him to sort out. I mean, in qualifying, he was like, well, he can't go quicker. And then we see Norris up in P3, 
what how what did he qualify p3 p3 or p yeah. Did he qualify P two P four? I think he qualified P four, and then obviously yeah, yeah. Is, uh, the penalty. Yeah. And then Ricardo just has no pace uh, over one lap. And then in the race, he had a good start, and then obviously got a bit unfortunate with what happened with his engine, where he had yeah. a bit of an engine trouble, and then he lost a bunch of positions. But then he couldn't get back up. I mean, he didn't just didn't have the pace of Norris, regardless. Yeah. It's 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 a bit of a tough watch. I'm not gonna lie at the moment. Um. I, I mean, look, we've been saying it for a while now. Like, at some point, we're going to have to start having a conversation about... How good is Daniel Ricciardo, basically? Um, and the, the reason I'm, I'm saying this is that, look... Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain... Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts, offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Daniel Ricciardo is a great Formula One driver. Top level Formula One driver. He's won races. You know, great. His inability to get round this car right now is a problem. And I, you know, we are now eight races in. You know, that is 24 practice sessions. That's, you know, all of the qualifying sessions, all of the races. There is enough kilometers now, plus all the sim work that you, I would hope he's doing. I wouldn't be, I'd be sleeping in that simulator if I was Daniel Ricciardo. I, you know, because at the end of the day, like everyone else now, everyone who's moved teams is doing all right now. Everyone. Yeah. Alonso was away for two years. He's come back and he's found his groove now. It is, uh, I mean, it's it's hard. It's a hard watch. When I, when I saw him, uh, you know, drop down from ninth and then, you know, they said it was an engine issue that they fixed straight away. I was like, oh. when it rains, it pours. But, yeah. aye, 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 you know, um, yeah. And it's tough. What do you think, Tyler? I mean, for me, I just... My sympathy is like capped at the moment. Like it was sympathy for the first few races. Now I'm yeah. looking at it like this is just not good enough. Yeah. Unfortunately, it begs the question, right? Because, you know, like, and it's similar but to the Vettel problem. Yeah. Um, where it seems like, and I didn't know Ricardo had this limitation in the past, but it sounds like now maybe he might, where he has a bit of a narrow operating window. Yeah. Where at Red Bull, obviously, that car very much fit within that operating window and he was able to extract the most out of it. Yeah. And I think with Renault, because he was their star driver, they very much moved yes. that car into that direction for him. Yeah. Where at McLaren, he just can't, can't drive that car. And it does sound like, in his defense, it sounds like that McLaren is a bit of a weird one. Yeah, um, sure. Norris did come out and say that, and even science apparently science, yeah. when he chatted to to Daniel and during testing, and then he sort of asked Daniel, you know, how's it going? How's the car going? That's a bit of a strange one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I then, yeah. So I think there is something there, but I mean, Norris is he's been able to adapt his driving. Science was able to adapt his driving. 
I mean, to be fair, science has literally driven every single car in the paddock almost by now, except the Mercedes. <laughs> yeah. But he he was able to adapt. And I think probably this year, even if it's, let's say it keeps staying a disaster, right, for Daniel? Yeah. He's going to definitely still be, be here next year. And I think in the brand new car, brand new rigs, it's going to be a fresh start. And if that goes well, then great, Daniel's back. If that yeah. goes like this, then there's big trouble. Yeah, and you know what? You're right in that much like Mercedes, I think Daniel's got, I mean, look, I think he'll get better. And, you know, I, I would hope so. But maybe it is a case of, you know, I think someone said it's the first time he's uh, not had a Renault engine in the back of his car, you know, in uh, maybe like a decade of being in Formula yeah. One. Like, so... You know, there's there's definitely techni technical issues that uh, or technical factors. You know, it's not just a case of like you said, you know, getting in a car and driving. You know, so maybe it's a case of you know this year uh, writing it off. You know, and really just getting embedded in that team, making those relationships, sim work, factory work, really getting on top of what next year's car is going to be like as well and making a comeback next year because all we can go by is what we're seeing so far. And, you know, by what we're seeing so far, it, uh, I mean, look, I mean, at points in qualifying, Norris is putting a second on it. That yeah. Is and like this, like, it's like, it's easy for Norris. It's not like Norris is putting in like, He's, he's, he's driving very well, don't get me wrong, but like his standard lap is half a second to seven tenths ahead of Daniel at the moment, which yeah. is slightly concerning. But I mean, let's let's maybe move on to some other maybe sleeper performances. Um, okay. I want to, and I'll be very upfront about it. I've been very <laughs> critical of Mr. Stroll um, in the past. Okay. Yeah. But I'll have to, I'm pleasantly surprised by how well he's doing. I think he's, Operating on a similar Vettel to a similar Vettel to level, a similar level to Vettel um, at the moment, and I think Vettel has now sort of embedded himself within the car. Stroll had a brilliant start; he had a fantastic overtake around the outside uh, of Incredible. Turn Five on Fernando Alonso. Incredible! Really, really good race. I'm just very impressed by Stroll. I don't know what you thought. Uh, no, I. I've never been a massive Stroll fan. No, let me let me let me get. I never rated Stroll. Let me just be honest. I, I never rated him. I, I always thought that he, you know, I think Perez was comfortably beating him. Um, so I never really saw him as like a, a, a good driver, I, I guess. But I think there was always those flashes, weren't there? You know, yeah. uh, uh, with with Stroll, you know, the back performance when he got on the podium, you know, just 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 pipped to, to second on the line, and I think there was a Monza performance in there as well. Um, so he he's got it. There's something in there, and he's he's you know in junior categories he was very quick. So it's not like he is like you know on a Mazda spin level of paid driver. Um, but no, I think this season, I think it's a combination of being in that team for a while. And being able, you know, having a car that he's used to, um, and also experience within F1 now. He's been here for a while now. He's no longer like this, you know, a newbie uh, or a, you know, I would say a young driver as such. He's still young, but he's still, he's, he's quite experienced now. So, uh, yeah, no, I think Stroll is, I think he is doing really well to, uh, to keep not to keep up with Vettel as such, but to 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 be performing at the same level as Sebastian Vettel, and to you know, um, I think again, a lot of people probably expected Vettel to, no matter what was going on at Ferrari, to come in and and kind of and absolutely wipe the floor with him, and you know that's that's not happened, and um, I'm really I'm really happy for him on 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 that level for sure because um, it's again I like it when people do their job well, basically. And, and I think he's just doing a really, really good job, uh, as evidenced by that pass today, which was incredible. Absolutely incredible. Like, yeah, gorgeous. Not much more I can add there. Um, <laughs> I guess the last 
the last person I want to talk about, and this is a painful one, is is Mr. George Russell. Oh. Who, I mean, yes, it was a disaster with his reliability and his points and everything, but he is just getting better and better and better, it feels like to me. I mean, P11 in qualifying on merit, less yeah. than a tenth or less than a, a hundredth from, was, from P10, yeah, from P10 making it into Q3. Yeah, yeah. And running comfortably in P8 with the, you know, with the, the in the, I guess, the meat of the midfield yeah. holding his own. Yeah. Really, from this weekend, honestly, I don't have anything to criticize him with, to be very honest. Oh, no. Oh, no. He's, look, we, <laughs> you know, we've been on George Russell's ass, bro. Like, um, because it felt as if uh, we all have, all we have is this Sakir performance. And obviously we have the qualifying performances, but it felt like in the race, too many times either he went backwards very quickly, probably not his fault, the car is awful, or he's chucked it away and he's, you know, not capitalised on on those kinds of opportunities. Whereas today, you know, it, it looked like he was nailed on to finish in, in that top top 10. Um, could have been eighth, could have been seventh I maybe. I probably think Leclerc probably would have gotten him regardless. Yeah, I was thinking true. like probably P9 or P10. I think yeah. he would have finished ahead of Vettel. Yeah, and Sonoda and Alonso. I think he could have finished ahead of those three. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And so you know, that's that's an incredible performance considering the car. I think that I I was ready to say that that was for me. If he'd finished in the top ten today on merit, that would have been better than the secure performance for me. Like that yeah. is that is the that car is so bad. <laughs> like, it, like it's awful. So I don't know. Like, what do you think? Like. I, no, I agree 100%. It's clearly the second worst car because the Hasses are in a different formula. I don't really talk about them. But if you compare what Russell is now able to do in that car versus his teammate in Latifi, I mean, he is dragging that car yeah. past Ferraris, McLarens, Alfa Taris, yeah. all that, both Alfa Romeos consistently, yeah. Yeah. which to me is, is insane. I mean, Latifi barely ever finishes ahead of an Alfa Romeo and George finishes ahead of both of them all the time, yeah. like consistently. And I just think he's doing, I really don't know what more he can do at this point in time. I'm so impressed by him. And I guess Nyasha, this is the question we always need to ask, right? Yeah. Should Mercedes sign him for next year? Yes or no? I was, I was literally about to ask you the same thing, you know, um, Ay, ay, ay. It's interesting. I was listening to Paul DeResta. Obviously, when I say listening... It must have been was, very difficult for you. Yeah, I was I was hearing him talk. But <laughs> he's very much of the mind that, you know, Russell should stay at Williams uh, or, you know, he, he shouldn't be so concerned about leaving. And I'm like, he's done his time at Williams. You know, yeah. a Formula One career... And even said, you know, people are flavor of the month, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, who, we don't know. Williams could go backwards next season. You know, we we don't know what's going to happen next season. Yes, it's a lottery, but, you know, we don't know what their 2022 car is going to be like. He's done his time. He's, you know, he's done three years in a dog car. Um, and we're almost halfway through the three year or halfway through the third year. And yeah. to this day, he has still not ever been outqualified by his teammates. It's ridiculous. Like, you know, he's, he's that. And you know, people could talk about the, you know, the caliber of your teammate, this and the other. But at the end of the day, you're in the same car. And, you know, you might have and he's never messed up one lap. Like that to yeah. me is the most insane yeah. thing. Like everybody has like an off day or an off lap here or there. Exactly. Where, you know what, something happens or you just don't put it together and your teammate gets one over you. Never. <laughs> the whole of 2019, 2020, and we're yeah. at the end of June in 2021, and Russell has not ever been out-qualified by a teammate. Like, that to me is one of the most insane stats. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, I, I, he is... Look, in terms of qualifying, which a lot of people point out as, like, um, the... 
you know the the indicator of raw pace is you know your qualifying lap right so you know he's got it i think if i was mercedes i think i've said it before i think bottas brain fog insomnia moodiness achy joints weight gain maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older or that's what your doctor tells you but midi health understands that for women over 40 they can all be connected Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. As is that relationship, for me, seems like it's it's coming to a natural end. You know, he's been there. This yeah. is his fifth season there. You know, his ambitions are to win world titles. You know, mentally, for him to be going up against Lewis Hamilton year after year, to be losing the way that he does every year, I don't think it's good for him. I don't think that, uh, you know, of, of course, but, you know, that's something from the outside. On the inside, it seems like, you know, everything's hunky-dory. But for me, I would, I would, you know, and especially now, Red Bull are closer, you need someone who you you know who could be reliably thought of to to get those points, and I guess you know, I would, I I think he would. Tandy doesn't think so, but I uh, I guess I I'm quietly confident that George Russell could step up to the Mercedes seat. What do you think? No, I think they should 100%. In my mind, it's it's actually quite simple, right? Yeah, we've seen Mercedes up to now. And I actually had the same thought at the end of 2019. I was actually already of the mind that they should have promoted him for last year already. Yeah. It just so happened that Ferrari and Red Bull completely dropped the ball at the beginning of last year. And it turned out to be a non-issue. Yeah. But in my mind, as soon as you get what we're seeing this year with Red Bull running up front, if Ferrari joins the party next year and McLaren for that matter, yes. Yes. then who you have in that other seat is so critically important. Such a good point. And I don't think, and if you have Valtteri in that car next to Lewis, it's just not going to happen in the races. I'm sorry, but you saw how far behind Valtteri was, was this, 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 this weekend in, in the race. Yeah. You need a George Russell in that car. You need a Hamilton and a Russell. Because if you're going to go up against Leclerc and Sainz and Ferrari, yeah. and... Verstappen and if Perez can get his ducks in a row, I mean, he's already fine in the race. If you have yeah. to go up against those four drivers, I can foresee a universe where you can have Lewis finishing first or second every race and Valtteri just getting P5 and P6. Yeah. Because, because those other drivers are of the highest quality. And, um, and like you say, that was happening at the back end of 2019. Like when you know, the cars kind of converged towards the end of the season. Yeah. And, you know, Red Bulls are finishing in front of him and, and, and Ferrari's one. I think he was finishing ahead of Kimi Raikkonen, which, you know, Kimi Raikkonen and Ferrari, uh, you know, it wasn't, it, that's not really anything to, to uh, write home about. So 2018, that was happening. And it's yeah. happening at the end of 2019. So, like, you know, I, for me, yeah, I, I think Mercedes, I think... <sighs> It's kind of like you know, in in football or whatever, like in, in any kind of team sport, when when you're on top, even when you're winning, you have to improve. Yeah. And this season, what that what's showing is when you're on top and you don't improve, people will catch up to you and people will pass you. And if Mercedes don't improve in every department for next year, 
they could get swallowed up again. And, you know, they, they're they no longer invincible and they need, yeah, two good drivers in there. They need all the arrows in their quiver. And Russell yeah. Hamilton, to me, will just be the top tier driver pairing if, if they were to if they were to promote russell that would just be like to me the best driver pairing on the grid maybe slightly ahead of science and leclerc because i also think that's a money like that's such a good driver pairing what do you, just yeah, every time what do you think is the best one like let, let's say let's let's say georgian uh lewis daniel uh lando signs leclerc Max at the moment, uh, I think science and Leclerc. Yeah, yeah. This year, yeah. I think they are because of how close they are to each other. Like they tenths or less than tenths away from each other in qualifying, equally as good, I would say, in the race. Pushing each other, like good attitude, both of them. Very clever guys, young guys. Yeah, focused. Where I think what would not put me. What would put Ricardo and Norris behind them for me at the moment is Norris was beaten by Sainz yeah. twice. Yeah. Um, that's the one thing. And I think Ricardo is dealing with a bunch of other baggage. Like he has, <laughs> Ricardo has baggage from his long F1 career that he carries with him yeah, that he yeah, needs yeah. to like deal with. Yeah. Where I don't think Ferrari has that. So. Okay. That's my thought, at least. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think, uh, I think Science Leclerc is, I think it's, like I said, it's box office. If those two uh, had cars that were, you know, I mean, we saw it in Monaco, like when Science, Science could have taken pole off Leclerc. You know, we don't know, um, but uh, you know, we, we've seen if if those two have the opportunity to fight for pole or to fight for wins, they will They're gonna be, be there. there. They will be there together, and I think that is. That is box office, and that doesn't happen at Mercedes. It doesn't. Well, maybe those Bottas is a good qualifier, but yeah. it's not going to happen at Red Bull, you know. And I think you know, like I say, Dan McLaren. So, uh, and we've not really seen Lando or Daniel, I guess, with a with at the moment with a with a car capable of you know of, of fighting for victories yet. So let let's see. Yeah, and I think I mean honestly, I think that's a good place to end it. <laughs> um, before we move on to our, our final little segment, which is the TF1 Awards. Sure. So, Nyasha, and for those of you that are watching this for the first time, basically we have three awards that we hand out at the end of every race just to bookend or tie a nice little ribbon around our, our race recap. And the first award is the Pasta Maldonado Award for most <laughs> dunderheaded deed or stupidest <laughs> act. And Niasha, who do you think should be a recipient of this uh, award this weekend? Well, look, he can put it on the mantle next to his Driver of the Day award. Uh, this award can go to Charles Leclerc. Um, uh, who else could it? I mean, no, I don't. He, we can literally no arguments from me. Titus, he. Uh, I really don't get him sometimes because <laughs> he's too good to do the stuff that he does this is why yeah. i'm just like but no Charles it's that ferrari influence ferrari they're the masters of literally making the most beautiful <laughs> souffle right yeah. Yeah. and right before presenting it to a ravenous diner they trip <laughs> and they fall and the whole plate with the souffle falls on the okay. floor. Oh, that is a look. You know I like my food, so that is a perfect analogy. Um, they are, <laughs> they, yeah, they, they 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 know how to shoot themselves in the foot, don't they? Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Leclerc, he needs to cut it out. But yeah, he definitely gets that awards for multiple violations. Today. Undoubtedly. Yeah. All right. The next one is the Lewis Hamilton hashtag blessed award for luckiest driver. Who do you think got lucky this race? Ooh, who do I think got lucky? Um, oh, I think. Oh wait, hang on. So I'm going to say that uh, I'm going to say Carlos Sainz got lucky that Fernando Alonso got slightly held up whilst being lapped that's um, a good one um, and if it wasn't for that i you know as good as his stint was i don't think he would have jumped him i mean he may have been able to pass him on track anyway but uh it definitely made his afternoon a lot easier so for that reason not to take anything away from signs because he 
like we said, it was our driver of the day. But so for him not getting the driver of the day award, we can give him the hashtag best award. That's a good one. I like that. Um, I'm going to go again with his teammates for the luckiest <laughs> driver for two reasons. Yeah. Um, well, not two reasons. Well, not actually two reasons. The first one being that he didn't get a puncture yeah. when um, he ran it, when he hit Gasly. And the second one, that it didn't get a puncture when he cuts ahead of Kimi Raikkonen, right. overtaking him into turn four and breaking his front wing. Because I think both of those, and to be quite frank, that it didn't get a penalty for whatever yeah. he did to Gasly. So he yeah. got triple lucky in my book. No, um, no, for sure. For sure. You're, I, oh God, he just... Yeah, uh, yeah he, he was just on one this 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 race. I don't know. He sometimes gets that red mist. You remember, like last year in Austria, in Styria as well. Yeah, where yeah. He just like steamed up the inside of Vettel. Just be like, you know what? Let's give it a go. Why not? <laughs> yeah, it, it was. It, I, and I remember saying, like, you know, it, it, as he got away with like a first lap incident again. Like, I mean, to be fair, that one took both of them out, didn't it? Like, I mean, yeah. that one in, in Austria last year was, yeah, just just ridiculous. And uh, he followed it up this year with with another performance. So, mm. yeah, well, Charles Leclerc, well done, well done, Andrew. yeah. <laughs> At least it's entertaining, I guess, for us yeah. to, to watch. All right, and the last, the last one, and I think there's a relatively obvious one here as well. But it's the Nico Hulkenberg Podium Award for unluckiest driver. Oh, it's got to be George. Yes, um, it's got to be George. Um, someone lucky, but you know, again, maybe like Sakir, you know, it's a glorious failure. You know, yeah. uh, <laughs> that's such a nice way of putting it. Jerry. A glorious failure. That's gonna be on my gravestone one day. Here <laughs> lies tennis, and then just a glorious failure. A glorious failure. <laughs> um, no, never tennis. But I, no. I, but like for sure, like um, I yeah, I think, I think you know. Who knows how the race could have unfolded? Could have put on the you know the hard and the. You know, the pace could have fallen off and he could have been swallowed up and you know then people are looking at him like oh he's you know he's he's messed up another opportunity whereas you know we've seen the pace we've seen what he's done and everyone's got nothing but nice words for him kind of like Sakir, yeah. you know? so uh you know every cloud every cloud that's i mean let's let's end it on that i don't think there's a more poetic <laughs> way despite there not being any clouds in austria no. On this oh, day, yeah, yeah, exactly. on the twenty seventh of June, no clouds were seen over the Austria. Of course, they've been jinxing it all yes. week. Even Karun, like as soon as he said <laughs> last week, oh yeah, there's a oh, it's going to be raining all four days. I was like, brother, why? Why? Not a you... drop. <laughs> Not <laughs> a drop of until, rain fell until it finished. And then they were doing all the yeah. interviews, and it's raining. I'm like, oh my god, classic. Yeah. You can't, you can't script this. I promise you. <laughs> But anyways, Nyasha, thank you so much for taking thank the time you. to come and join me. I love this chat so much. I'm sure everybody that listens in enjoys it as well. Um, yeah, it's just I had the best time. So I had so I absolutely love it's nice being a guest, you know. Like normally I'm just like asking questions and this and that, but it's nice to nice to come and be a guest and uh, we're fans. So thank you so much. We've got to get you on our show as well now. I mean, hit me up. I'd it would be great. And yeah, everybody that listens in, thank you so much. As always, appreciate it so much. Probably be back next week for another Austrian race. Um, hopefully it's a bit more spicy than the one we had today. Um, but yeah, holding thumbs, fingers crossed. But I'll chat to all of you guys next week. Bye, everyone. Take care. Bye. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.